0: thank you um Dr. Steele for such a wonderful introduction um to God be the glory hmm. for everything <laughs> and I truly mean every thing amen? amen God's been um amazing uh more than amazing uh to me I don't know about you, but you know, I, I, I want to give him a little bit of glory right now and just say thank you, God. <laughs> for the many, many blessings uh, he has bestowed um, on me and my life. I greet you in the magnificent joy of Jesus Christ, who is our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords, um, as we commemorate his death, his uh, burial and resurrection during this um, wonderful season of Lent. It is a, um, a distinct pleasure And an an honor, and if I be honest, an answer to a prayer um, to stand before you today. I recall sitting back there uh, to my left and to your right in the corner, I believe it was 2018, um, with some members of my cohort at the time as we were in attendance of a preaching conference. And as I sat there and listened to the sermon, I imagined just how far-fetched it would be, (laughs) Um, but in the same vein, how amazing it would be to one day stand here to address you um, um, in this beautiful, beautiful chapel. Believe it or not, I brushed off that still small voice that was uh, speaking to me, letting me know that all things are possible. You know, and I sighed and I shoved that prayer to the back of my mind, but it's right here. (laughs) I want to give all praise to God because you know what he is able to do things for us and to put us in places that we could just dream about amen amen and so I am living witness that God um, can do um, uh, above all that I could ever ask or think so I'm truly grateful uh, to be here today Um, as um I know that you could've asked anyone else uh, to stand before you, but um, you asked me, so I'm eternally grateful. So thank you, Dr. Steele, for the warm invitation. I certainly um, am grateful. Um, And thank you, uh, Jordan, and um, your team of True Women in Ministry for uh, being so patient with me and helping me work out the details uh, that I needed to know. Um, Thank you, um, Pastor Ryan Barnett. I don't see you, are you? Yes, I see you, yes. thank you. Pastor Barnett, for um, your impeccable leadership and your unwavering support of me um, and my ministry. And um, Brandon, is that you, Brandon, back there? Thank you so much for being here. And all of my family from First Methodist Waco, thank you uh, so much. And of course, my son and Amanda who are here as well. And thank you to each and every one of you that are here. You could have been anywhere else this morning, anywhere else but um, you are here uh, and I'm grateful that God brought you here. Um, So thank you so much. Would you please pray with me? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh in this place. Hold us up, Holy Spirit. How we thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence, O oh God, to worship you in spirit and in truth. How we thank you, O oh God, for those who are here under the sound of my voice. How we thank you, O oh God, for this word. We ask that you would send it forth in a mighty way and let it do what you would have it to do. Let it fall on the hearts and the ears and the minds of the one who needs to hear it. Father God, touch like only you can. We thank you, O God, that you uh, give us exactly uh, what we need. O God, you bring joy when there's sorrow. You bring hope when there seems like there's no tomorrow. God, you are our bread of heaven um, when we're hungry. And we thank you, O God, for providing all the needs for all of those that are in this place. We ask that you create in us clean hearts, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. For you, O Lord, are our strength and our true redeemer, for it is in that name that is above every name, because at that name, Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How we thank you, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Amen, amen. Um, I recall a conversation that I had just a few weeks ago with a dear sweet friend of mine and she was sharing some tidbits about her life and um, one that stuck out with me was the fact that she mentioned that she worked for Dr. Pepper years ago and she said she worked in the department that made Big Red. Let me just say this, just as a little side note, Um, if I were a soda I would be a Big Red. <laughs> Just saying, because Big Red has always been my drink of choice, you know? Um, I, although I've almost given it up completely because it has no, absolutely no, absolutely no health benefits, but, uh, but I digress. But, but anyway, so my friend said at the time that um, the Waco plant was the only place that had the secret recipe to Big Red. And I thought to myself that that was really quite interesting you know anyway, she proceeded to tell me that when she would leave work, she would occasionally stop by the store, and while she was there, she would notice people sniffing around, and um, you know she said oftentimes people would stop her and tell her how good she smelled, and she said they asked her about the perfume that she was wearing <laughs> And she said she would just smile and look at them and she goes, oh, this isn't perfume you're smelling. She said, I just got off work and I smell like the environment I've been in all day. She said, this is just Big Red. (laughs) Friends, I share that story as my intro because I pray that when we leave this chapel this afternoon, And when we go back to our homes, our neighborhoods, our jobs, or even a restaurant for lunch, that people that we come into contact with will notice something different about us. You see, I mean, I pray that they smell this environment that we have been in, that the people will know that we have been in the presence of our Lord Almighty, and that His Holy Spirit is resting on the inside of each one of us. Amen. So thank you, thank you Ms. Barrett um, for reading that rich First Kings text for us today as it is truly the springboard of this sermon that I have, um, I, I wrestled with and, 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 and God had given it to me and I kept going back, God is this really what you want me to preach? Do you want me to use this title? And he kept coming back and he said, well you just do what you wanna do. And I said, no God, I'm gonna listen to you. I'm gonna use the title, Just One. You know just one, you know. Here we have Elijah. Elijah stands ready to confront, to contest, and to challenge the people. Elijah's intent was to get them back to the place of worshiping one true God. You see, now you must understand not everyone was jumping up and down to see Elijah, namely King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. There's a couple of fun facts about Ahab and his wife. (laughs) You see, it was in fact Ahab who allowed Jezebel to bring Baal worship into Israel in the first place. And her main goal was to get them away from worshiping God. You see, Baal was their God of rain, of crops, and of fertility. Ahab also made sure that his wife had her own place to worship, so he built her a special private temple. You see, Jezebel wanted Baal to be their center of attention. She wanted Baal to be their God of worship, and Baal alone. Look with me at verse 17. It says, when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is it you, you troubler of Israel? And he answered, I've not troubled Israel, but you have and your father's house because you've forsaken the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Now, isn't it interesting that King Ahab is calling Elijah the troublemaker? (laughs) The nerve of him, right? Because you might recall that your Bible says, what your Bible says about Elijah in verse 36 of this same chapter, where it says that Elijah did everything according to the word of God. And that includes confronting Ahab and inviting he and uh, Baal's uh, priest to a meeting on Mount Carmel. But that's pretty typical of a troublemaker, to call the non-troublemaker a troublemaker. (laughs) You see, after all, it was King Ahab's sins that prompted all of this to begin with. As the Bible says in verse uh, 19, uh, it says, Now, therefore, have all Israel assemble for me at Mount Carmel with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at... Jezebel's table. I mean, it looks like to me that Elijah means business. You see, he's not praying. He said, bring them all uh, here. You see, uh, 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 I wondered if Elijah, though, felt like it was him against um, the world. You see, let me pause right here for a moment because I believe there may come a time in our lives when we too may have to step forward (laughs) and stand firm for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You see, when no one else will stand, but would you agree that in the not so distant past that there were some things that took place all around us? And in those times, if just one person would have taken a stand for what was right, that the situation could have taken a different turn. I'm talking about the power of just one. You see, who would dare step out on faith standing on the word of God and trusting God to move in a miraculous way for his glory? Yes, friends, just one who's not afraid to hold fast to God's unchanging hands because you know that he is the same today (laughs) as he was yesterday and as he will be forevermore. I'm talking about just one who knows that if they take one step that God is going to take two. Do I have somebody who know what God can do in this place. You see just one who knows that God promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Just one who is okay with being the minority who will stand up for something in the face of the majority even though it might get a little lonely. You see but somebody in this place knows that when we stand up for God when we know to whom we belong that we are not by ourselves. No we're not because the psalmist reminds us that even though an army encamps all around about us that our hearts will not fear and even if a war breaks out against us we will remain confident and keep our trust in God. You see friends I believe that even though Elijah felt alone and maybe a myriad of other emotions going on on the inside of him that he stood in face of all of those prophets because he knew that in the end everything was going to be all right. You see, because he knew that the Lord was with him. So who, who, who is willing to stand firm for the Lord? Just one. Friends, I set up a little bit straighter in my chair as I worked on this second thing I wanna share with you today. You see, and it's the question that Elijah put before those people asking them to make up their minds one way or another. You see, he wanted, to, he wanted them to, to stop straddling the fence. <laughs> he was saying to stop dibbling in this and stop dabbling over there. You see, and, and to make up their minds which way they were going to go. Elijah boldly called on the people to make a decision. In verse 21, he says, Elijah then came near to the people and said, how long will you go limping with two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Then the people did not answer him a word. It was in January 2009 that I started here at Truett theological seminary. And I know you may be thinking, my gosh, that was such a long time ago, (laughs) but she still looks so young. (laughs) (laughs) But believe it or not, I had no idea what I was doing. I felt a bit out of place and literally after sitting in a couple of classes, I went home and I started to sob because I knew that I had made the wrong decision. I knew that the seminary thing was not for me and I'd obviously made a mistake. I mean, I knew my story and my story didn't look like the other stories that I heard. I mean, if you allow me to be honest, um, I had some friends that we all like to do things (laughs) and to go places (laughs) late at night (laughs) and dance and have a good time. And I knew, that there were some things that were hanging over my head that I liked and that those things were not in line with what God wanted for me. I knew that I was one track over from the wrong track. You see, but deep down inside I was perplexed because I didn't know how or mainly why God would use me and have Tru it to accept me to come in and to be a part of this student body. But hear me when I say this, that there's been something deep on the inside of me <laughs> all my life, and I knew. <laughs> that I had a vision (laughs) and a hunger and a desire to be in a solid relationship with God. You see, so I made up in my mind that I was gonna keep coming back to class (laughs) day in and day out, and just see what the Lord was going to do with me. You see, I didn't know the plan that God had for my life, but one thing I did know that whatever it was, it was better than where I was presently in my, my life. You see, friends, all I'm trying to say here is that we can't get stuck in our own heads, (laughs) wrapped up in balls of confusion when we have been given a command from God. You see, when we know that there's a call on our lives, there will come a time that we will have to unequivocally decide whose side are we going to be on. And I made up in my mind that I was riding for King Jesus. You see, and I won't let nothing stand in the way of me serving my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, I knew, though, that I was going to lose some friends along the way, and I even made some enemies uh, on that journey, but that reality was not enough for me to turn away and take my eyes off the prize of the high calling, you see, because I knew that God was making a way for me, even though I couldn't see the way. You see, so Elijah begged the question of these people, how long are you going to go between two opinions? How long are you going to drag your feet? Let's make sure that we don't miss what's going on here because see the king and those prophets that were standing there wanted it to rain. But the Lord said, hold up. (laughs) Y'all are out here acting like you don't have good sense. (laughs) You know, pretending you don't know me, worshiping things that don't bring you joy. You want me to bless you and make it rain? You see friends I too had a long list of things that I wanted when I entered seminary. I mean a long list but I failed to realize that I needed to stop and take a serious look at my life at the choices that I was making at the circle of friends that I had around me that I was so anxious to get to uh, each and every week but the Lord said hold up (laughs) wait a minute. You see, all I'm trying to say here is that I believe that we want God to give us what we want without taking any accountability of the fact that our relationship with him is almost nothing, right? You see, we want all that he has for us, but we give him no time, no praise, no nothing. And here Elijah is in essence telling the people you are living a double life. You see, because you're split and they wanted it their way. You see, they wanted to graze in both pastures, but Elijah was letting them know that, hey, this is not Burger King. You know, they wanted God, but they were torn by the fear of Jezebel and how much they actually liked worshiping Baal and being a part of that lifestyle, straddling the fence. But I believe it's in the New Testament book of Matthew, the sixth chapter and the 24th verse that clearly says no one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate one and love the other, or be loyal to one and despise the other. I believe Elijah is helping us out big time here by reminding us to examine the condition of our hearts and to choose this day (laughs) whom we will serve. You see, if God is indeed God, and I know that he is, then the final decision should be to serve him and him only and to follow him and go ahead and get off the fence. Friends, after Elijah asked that very pointed question, the Bible said that the people did not open their mouths. They didn't say a mumbling word. You see, I mean, after a question like that, it does give us a cause to pause. Like, I mean, what do you say to that? You know, I worked, um, I worked for Texas Workforce Commission and I had a manager who, um, a few years back, had a short two-word phrase that he would always say in times when the answer was clear and obvious. <laughs> and I would go to him and ask him a question that was clear and obvious. And um, But for whatever reason, um, the answer was so hard to acknowledge or just difficult to verbalize. But I would go in his office and he would not take his eyes off of his computer screen, and I'd be standing over here on this side and he would just say, you know, you know, and you know, don't you? You see, We need to make it make sense, Um, however it needs to, in order to develop the kind of bond and relationship with Jesus, you see, that nothing and no one (laughs) can break. You see, in whatever shape, form, or fashion, things need to get tidied up in our lives to get us to the point that come hell or high water, that we're going to step forward and stand firm for the Lord and get rid of the fence. Can somebody say, what fence? Yeah, you see, you see, uh, 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 get rid of the fence. It never occurred to me that Dr. Pepper was the only company that held the secret recipe for Big Red. I mean, as long as I could put my hands on one of those (laughs) when I wanted it, you know, that fact really didn't matter to me. Like, who owned the recipe? I didn't care as long as I had a Big Red, right? You see, but I believe that Dr. Pepper wants us to reach for a Big Red as often as we can, right? I mean, think about it. That market belongs to Dr. Pepper, doesn't it? When it comes to that cool, refreshing, one-of-a-kind taste of Big Red. You see, but even though there are, in fact, some imitators of Big Red and the 7-Elevens and the QTs and the corner stores, uh, but at the end of the day, no one can do it like Dr. Pepper, right? You see, well friends, I believe that in the same way that Dr. Pepper has Big Red all wrapped up, (laughs) that God wants to corner the market too, amen? Uh, you see, as it relates to our praise and our trust and our love towards him, you see, God wants to own the market, but, but we can't ignore the fact that there are a whole lot of competitors out there, right? Like the like the TikToks and the Facebooks and the Instagram and the money and the cards and the homes and, and, and the TV and can I go on and on and on, but who in here knows that God does not want to share us with those competing things, You see this world that we live in is huge and there are many things that come to kill, steal, destroy, and distract us from God. But I believe that today is the day hmm, that we can choose to make up our minds, that we're going to hold on to God's unchanging hands, even when we can't see them, friends, that we are going to stay connected to Jesus. Your friends, we need to decide today that we're going to bless the Lord at all times and let his praises continually be in our mouths. Let the spirit of the Lord move our hearts to care passionately about those who don't know him and help them come to know him as their Lord and Savior. Let them know about this Jesus that we serve. You see friends, even in the midst of the fear and the distresses and the divisions and the hatred and and the tension and and the racial uh, divisions and injustice all over this world, can we take a stand for Jesus and boldly proclaim his name to the glory of God, our Father? the one and only who gives us good and perfect gifts. You see, yes, the one and only God who loved us enough to give us his only son to suffer, bleed, and die, not just for me, but for all of you too. You see, I'm so glad that he defeated death. He defeated that grave, and he's alive on today. Will you be the one who will boldly stand up for the one who freely laid down his life for you? Even if it gets lonely, even if we lose some friends along the way and make a few enemies. Let us be the vessel of his amazing grace so that the spirit can flow in us and through us. My friends, so that when you leave this place <laughs> and you go back to your homes, your jobs, your classes, back into this world, and as we look around at, uh, at those who are standing around us with their noses in the air, sniffing, <laughs> asking, what is that delicious smell? May we be just the one <laughs> ready to step forward, to stand firm in the Lord, to get off that fence, and to help redeem and transform that person. All it takes is just one. And let them know (laughs) what you're smelling. It's not perfume, it's Jesus. (laughs) That's the Holy Spirit that's resting on the inside of me. All it takes is just one, you know. May God bless you in the name, the one and only name, that is above every name, that at that name Jesus, every knee shall bow (laughs) and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, God bless you.